with a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Costa Nostra Studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the upcoming Week 6 games across the NFL, and in this episode, we'll cover the regular weekly picks and give you our total tease of the week. But first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central is Andy the Prognosticator Atridge. We had a much better week last week. We had a redemption time, that's for sure. I can still pick winners. And I could still make money for all kinds of people back home. And why mess up a good thing? I believe, so we, we picked, because of COVID, we picked 12 games. If my math is correct, you got eight of those correct against the spread. And I got 11, believe it or not. Yeah, oh, I know. I, I, was, uh, I was amazed your prognostication level last week was off the charts. Because I got ESPN. ESP. ESP. Well, as I say, I'm not going to get... Uh, too j- jacked about that because we did have such a poor showing the week before so it's even yep. in itself out uh but yeah we had a good week including the sandwich game that saw the raiders not only covering but winning outright at arrowhead um the one thing we did not get was our total pick which is the cleveland <coughs> excuse me the cleveland indie game um because that went way over the number we picked them to go under 47 and you throw in a pick six with an ensuing kickoff return for a touchdown, and that number easily went over. But, Maddie, you hit your teaser. You hit two of your three money line plays, including yeah. your contribution to the Cleveland Steamer. What do you want, a Cleveland Steamer? Um, and one uh, non-scoring thing that we also predicted was the departure of Dan Quinn from Atlanta. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Because I don't want ass prints on my new door. Well, I was really excited to see my Bears hand Tom Brady, the golden boy, a loss on Thursday night. For the second time, Brady, the whiny little bitch. You're a whiny little (laughs) bitch. Ran off the field without shaking Foles' hand. Uh, The last time, obviously, was the Super Bowl. Foles is now 2-0 against Brady in his career. And now I do have uh, some audio of Brady's post-game comments. Let's roll it. But I don't want to be a pirate! Later in the show, we'll also address whether or not America's education system failed Brady. Some people out there in our nation don't have maps, and uh, I believe that our ed- education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe that they should... Uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries. But Andy, should we fire it up for week six or what? Yeah, Maddie, let's fire it up. Okay, uh, we use the Westgate Super Contest odds, which go up on Thursday morning, just as a heads up to anybody listening. So the following point spreads will be, uh, you'd be able to find them on the Westgate Super Contest. So first game up in the afternoon is Tennessee, three-point favorites against the visiting Houston Texans. Uh, 53 and a half is your over under and I, I was super impressed with the titans on tuesday night no rust at all which you know 
every every bone in my body said they've got to be rusty somehow but they were moving the ball up and down the field uh their special teams in defense did a great oh. job giving the bills uh they, they kept them off balance always giving them shitty field position it was well, how about uh, malcolm butler and his two oh. two picks with and plus great returns i think he um tallied up 97 yards just on those two returns alone uh, yeah, they were impressive, man. No, not no rust at all whatsoever for the Titans. Uh, and both both sides of the uh, of the ball, and also like on offense, rushing and passing, they seem to get it all done as well. Tannehill lit it up. Well, and here's the impressive thing about his stats: he threw for three touchdowns, but less than 200 yards passing. So they were just being really efficient. And honestly, dude, guys looked like they were scared of Derrick Henry. He didn't want to go anywhere near oh, that. Oh man, did Josh Norman ever get stooged? When you come in against Derrick Henry, you better go low. Do not stand up with that man and let him just throw you out of the club. This is a short week for for Tennessee, though. But on the other well, hand, not, they were off for two. And then consider the fact that I think they only practiced once before the last game, so it's not like they were all tired out. You've got a team in Tennessee that has yet to lose a game. And Houston, who just registered their first win last week, and the spread's only three at home for Tennessee. That does not make sense. Houston is third last in the league in rushing yards per game. And I don't know if you're going to be able to throw against this Tennessee defense. This line was really puzzling to me, but I'm going with the home team uh, favorite of three, three points, Tennessee Titans. Yeah, this line is really puzzling, especially with Tennessee's defense performance last week against a mobile quarterback. Uh, they kept Josh Allen in check. If they do the same this week, they're going to neutralize Houston's offense because it all runs right behind Deshaun Watson. They go as he goes, and if he has a rough day, Houston's going to have a rough day. And Deshaun Watson, his, his jersey's been getting dirty a lot this season. Um, also, Tennessee hasn't allowed a top 10 fantasy quarterback this year. And uh, it's trivia time, Andy. Uh-oh. All right, Deshaun Watson is one of two quarterbacks with a 100-plus passer rating and a losing record this season. Who's the other quarterback? And a losing record. Give me a hand, AFC or NFC? AFC. Well, it can't be Sam Darnold. Same ghost. Nope. Uh, oh, um, no, I give up. I give up. Justin Herbert of the Chargers. Oh, he personally has a, a, a sub. Yeah, okay. I get it. Oh, yeah, 100 yeah. plus passer rating. So, yeah, he's uh, got a 100 plus passer rating and a losing have, record. The Chargers don't, as a team, don't have a losing record, do they? Oh, yeah, I guess they yes, do. Yes, they yeah, do. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. Yeah. I was losing. <laughs> Ralph, I was losing. <laughs> I was not exactly right. What do you mean, not right? I mean, not right. I don't get you. You mean you were wrong? Mm. So wow. I, I just, the Tennessee offense looked even better than they did at the beginning of the year, man. In three of their four games this season, they've scored more than 30 points. And Houston's defense has allowed more than 30 points in three of their five games this year. I, I'm going with the Titans here to cover what I agree with you is a too small of a spread. So minus three? Yeah, I'll take the Titans at home. He's calling his shot. Here we go. Here we go. Here 
head to Pittsburgh, where at Heinz Field, the Steelers are three-point favorites against visiting Cleveland Browns, the high-flying Cleveland Browns right now. The over-under on this game is 51, and uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh are meeting with each team three or more games above 500 for the first time since Week 16 in 1994. Bill Belichick and Bill Cowher were the head coaches. All right, I can do you one better than that, Maddie. For sure. Do you know, do you know when the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers were four and zero? I don't think they've ever been four and zero in their franchise. Wrong. Uh, well, they have indeed. They have. You were you were still running around in diapers, sucking your thumb, and the year was nineteen seventy nine. Oh wow! Yeah, I I, just, I do find this very interesting though. They're four and zero, but. Big Ben actually has some pretty lackluster passing stats over the first quarter of the season. He ranks 32nd in average completed air, air yards and has the worst off-target rate on 20 or more yards uh, on, on those throws. Like, and that's the worst in the league. Well, they're puzzling for, for a few reasons. You know, coming into the season, a lot of people had their defense power ranked as number one in the league. And, you know, they absolutely showed that in the first Monday night game against the Giants where they held Saquon Barkley to six yards on 15 carries. But since then, they just don't seem to be as dominant. And you only have to go back as far as last week when they let the Eagles offense score 29 points. And, you know, they're hang hanging around with a two-point differential going deep into the fourth quarter. So I, I, I don't know what's wrong there. Because on paper, they've got an excellent defense. They're just not really playing as a unit quite yet. Well, on the other sideline, Cleveland's defense, in fact, their defensive line, and by that I mean Miles Garrett. Yes, I'm looking at you, Miles Garrett. They've been a pass-rushing machine this year. And Big Ben isn't as mobile as he used to be, right? right. And then you go to the other side of the ball with the Browns. Their offense is rolling. They scored 30 or more points in four straight games. They only had four of those games in the last two seasons combined. They, the, something's clicking in Cleveland. I'm going back-to-back back with the Cleveland Steamer. What do you want, a Cleveland Steamer? I'm taking the Browns as my first Moneyline Maddie pick this week. How did I know you were going to do that? You just wanted to see Cleveland Steamer. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Browns rushing attack leads the league in yards per game at 188. Um, do you remember last time these two teams met and someone got smashed in the head with our, their own helmet? Yeah, I certainly do remember that game. Yeah, a bit of a revenge factor there too. Yeah. Um, would it surprise you that the Browns have lost their last 16 games in Pittsburgh, a streak dating back to October 5th, 2003? When you say surprise you and losing streak and Browns in the same sentence. The line is a non sequitur. Right. <laughs> I, I, too, will be on Cleveland. Um, I'll let you um, bask in the spotlight in solitude, and I won't take them on the money line. No, hey, I, I, I always welcome you to come along with me on the money line, brother. I do not have a monopoly on the money line. No, but if Maddie, if you steam this thing, it'll go down to two and a half, and then it won't be like such a big thing. I'll that's just, why it's that's, called the steamer. That's right. So you go, you go nuts, pal. Well, 
We'll stay in Pennsylvania where the Philadelphia Eagles are seven and a half point underdogs at home against visiting Baltimore Ravens. 47 and a half is your over under on this game. And Lamar Jackson, this is just mind boggling to me. He has a 23 and four career record as a starter. His 852 win percentage in the high is the highest in the NFL since 1950 with a minimum of 20 starts. I think it's going to be a hard day for Carson Wentz because according to next gen stats, the Ravens are blitzing at the highest rate in the NFL this season at 47.1%. They're almost blitzing on every second down. So that being said, Maddie, again, would it surprise you to know that the Ravens had seven different players register a sack last week against Cincinnati. No, that was a that was a good old fashioned take you out to the woodshed ass whooping. Right, and now consider the Eagles' offensive line. I know oh. the Bengals have a bad O line, but the Eagles' line is even worse with their injuries. Yeah, this seven and a half points. I like home dogs. I know you like home dogs even more than I, and I know especially at more than a touchdown. That's right, and uh, you know the wise guy in me wants to take Philadelphia because sometimes they can hang around in games, but I I think that with Baltimore's pass rush and the weak offensive line due to injuries for the Eagles, it's going to be a feeding frenzy in the backfield, and the secondary is going to be rewarded with a couple picks because Carson Wentz is not on his game this year. I, I think the Ravens go into Philly and lay a beating down on the Eagles. I'm, I'm going to take Baltimore, even though they're laying seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, they're third in the NFL with 12 turnovers forced this year, and they're probably going to extend that streak. The Eagles have committed a league-high 11 turnovers, and your boy, Carson Wentz, has a league-high eight INTs. And the Ravens, you know, as good as they've been at home lately, they've been arguably even better on the road. Uh, in their last seven on the road, they're 6-0-1 against the spread. And in... 10 of its last games, they've held their opponents to 23 points or less. And I'm not going to overthink this one. I'm just going to go with the Ravens. I hate the fucking Eagles, man. When I'm taking a greyhound on the Hudson River line, I'm in a New York. To the almost dangerous and should be condemned MetLife Stadium. Get Met, it pays. At least the, the the playing field or the surface should be. Well, uh, I, I think both I think both the teams that play there should be condemned from the league as well. Yeah, well, the Giants are two and a half point favorites at home against the Washington professional football team, and this is a ridiculous game in a dog shit division. It's dog shit. And I don't really want to waste time talking about it, so I'm going to give you my Cliff Notes version. All right. You uh, do that, and I'll do the same thing. I promise. Sounds good. Daniel Jones hasn't thrown a touchdown pass since week one, and the Giants' offensive line doesn't help them at all. They've allowed almost a 50% pressure rate this season. No other team has allowed more than 35%. So as bad as Daniel Jones has been this year, the Giants have to take a little bit of ownership on that. But, you know, Washington, they can't run the football, and it's putting a lot of the undue pressure on whoever's playing quarterback. It doesn't matter who's in there. They're the only team in the NFL to not have a player with 60 or more rush yards in any game this year. Actually, Washington's just bad on all sides of the ball. That's the cliff notes. They're the only team in the NFL with averaging fewer than 20 points per game, fewer than 200 pass yards per game, and fewer than 100 rush yards per game this season. We know that New York, when they can show up, they'll play defense. They're at home. 
Uh, I wouldn't bet this game with Andy's money. I'm staying away with this, but since I got a pick, I'll take the G-Men at home. Well, we all remember last week how close the Giants were to beating the Cowboys. So that was a what you would call a moral victory for the Giants. I think they're going to have a big letdown spot here. Um, you know, Kyle Allen will be playing. The only thing I hope for, because I'm a big Alex Smith fan, is that he doesn't go back into the game. This is a guy who two years ago had to decide between leg amputation or limb salvage surgery. He got sacked six times in a half a game last week. Please don't put him in. Yeah, that was you irresponsible know. to keep him in last week. Once, no, it once was. Kyle Allen came back out of the locker room, you tell Alex Smith, thank you very much for your service today. Appreciate it. Go heal up some more. Allen's going back in. I don't. I don't understand why. And, and he got beat up last week. I, I had a hard time watching that. Yeah, I mean, someone had to be favored in this game. And Maddie, I don't make a lot of guarantees, but I guarantee I will not be watching this game on television <laughs> on Sunday. Um, ironically enough, I am going to take the professional football team with Washington and the two and a half points. You thought you was lame. I was lame. No, no, I'm taking it. I was taking it. You sure? I'm positive. Well, I'm a little confused. You look confused. Maybe if I stick your fucking face through uh, this window over here, like you know, you'll you'll get unconfused. Give me the fucking money. Hey, hey, let's go. New England Patriots. Up next, we go to Foxborough, where the New England Patriots are laying 10 points against the visiting Denver Broncos. And I mean, the Broncos, you know, five straight road games they've lost versus the Patriots. Uh, and I mean, quarterbacks under 25 years old do not fare well against Bill Belichick. They're 16 and 51. Uh, Denver is so beat up. What, what do you think, Andy? You know, Cam Cam's obviously going to be back in the lineup for New England. So I don't know who's going to want to tackle that guy, knowing what he just came through. Um, the Broncos have actually covered six of the last eight on the road. But at a total of 46, especially in this year, that's a fairly low total. So points are going to be at a premium. So Philip Lindsay is now back in the lineup. And he is going to get worked to death. And I'll tell you why, Matty. Melvin Gordon. Picked up for a DUI on Tuesday evening. I live in my car. My car is my home. So that shouldn't have been open liquor anyway. And you guys must have liquor around your house. Probably all kinds of liquor. I'm sure you got liquor at your home. Cops play over in your house. How's that open liquor? Yeah, he was going uh, 25 to 39 miles per hour over the speed limit. And when he was pulled over, guess what? A little bit too much drinky drinky. So he'll likely be suspended. I don't even know if he's going to make the trip to New England. But I'm actually looking for Jerry Judy to have a big game. The Pats were allowing seven-point-yard pass yards per attempt, which is 28th in the league. And Drew Locke will be starting under center now for the Broncos for the first time in three games. I like Denver to cover the points here. So both of the Pats' wins this season have been by 10 or more points. They beat Miami 21-11. They beat the Raiders by 16 both those teams have good offenses. The Raiders just scored 40 the other night. I mean, Miami's just chucking the ball around. So obviously, New England's discovered something on defense. And of course, it's a Belichick coach defense. Of, of course, they're going to be tight. 
I can't see that changing this game. Denver's roster is littered with injuries at seemingly every position. Even the Jets scored 28 on them. I think this spread could be 13 and a half. I'd still take the Pats. So yeah, I'll take them at 10. The Minnesota Vikings are three and a half point favorites against the visiting Atlanta Falcons. 55's your over under on the game. And uh, this game should be six and a half points, I think. You know, Matt Ryan, he's lost four straight games against the Vikings. And I think Kirk Cousins should have a good game. He's got two or more or two plus pass touchdowns in two of his last three games. Atlanta's allowing the most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks this season. And uh, I, what do you think? Like, Do you think the Vikings can cover three and a half? Well, let's go back to last week and Romeo Cornell came in for the Texans and I called it the Romeo bump. And of course they won by, what was it? Well, they won pretty decisively anyway. And now you got Dan Quinn out and in comes Raheem Morris, the Falcons defensive coordinator, which is kind of ironic because it was their defensive play that lost Quinn his job. However, <clears throat> The reason why I believe this line is a three and a half, who is because of Dalvin Cook, who's the league's leading rusher by a large margin, and he will probably not be playing due to a groin injury. And the Vikings have a bye next week, so I can see him being rested. So that makes sense. The Vikings are giving up 271 passing yards per game, which is good for 27th in the league. And FYI, they're 24th in the league against the run. Now, by comparison, the Falcons' offense is eighth in the league in passing yards. And when you were talking about Kirk Cousins getting two-plus touchdowns, the reason why he was allowed to do that is because all the defenses had to respect the run with Dalvin Cook. No Dalvin Cook, no bet for me on the Vikes. I am actually going to go with your Atlanta Falcons. Well, the Vikings had a really tough schedule for the early part of the season. They've had to play Green Bay, Indy, Tennessee, and Houston. Mm -hmm. Right? And they... They've put up points against some of those, like especially Indy and Tennessee, the really good defenses. Well, how um, frustrating was that game last night on or last week on Sunday night when oh. Zimmer decides to go for it on fourth and one as opposed to kick the field goal, an easy field goal to lead by eight with Russell Wilson getting the ball back? Yeah. It was a poor coaching choice, and he still stood by his decision midway through the week. But to me, I was at the time, I was like, that doesn't make sense. It still doesn't make sense. Uh, but, you know, they hung around to the, the very bitter end. Last second field goal, you know, the, uh, they could easily have won that. Here's the problem, though. The Falcons' defense is more porous than cheesecloth. Like they they've, they, They're the first team in the history of the NFL to start 0-5 and score more than 120 points over the first five games of the season. That's Because you're right. Atlanta's offense has not been bad, but... Every time they score score 40, they allow like 45, mm -hmm. right? So if you can't stop a team from scoring, I, I just, I, I, you won on your bump last week, I believe. All right, here's the deal. Andy Oops, just, yeah. Andy just switched me. I'm a flip flopper. Uh oh. I, I'm, I think I'm going to go with, you know what? They're going to get the bump. Their offense can play. Minnesota, especially if there's no Dalvin Cook, I can't believe I'm saying this, and I'm probably going to have to choke my words back at the end of this, at the end of the weekend. But 
I guess I'll pick the Falcons. Hmm, your ideas are intriguing to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Can't miss with the big cat. Look here, this is our house. You, you can't mess with the big cat. Look here, this is our house. Oh, Jacksonville. Three-point underdogs at home to the visiting Detroit Lions. You have to be at a lowly point in your franchise when you are three-point underdogs at home against the Lions. That is atrocious, eh? That's pretty bad, Matty. I, I mean, we're seeing... I predicted Jacksonville to go 0-16 at the beginning of the season. What did they do? They, they messed that up for me, I think, at week one. Um, but in their last three games, okay, they have played teams without a win at all and all of those three teams ended up beating the jags well the jaguars have allowed 30 plus points in four straight games right yeah and the lions are the only team that has played all their games this season versus teams that currently have a winning record arizona chicago green bay and new orleans so it's not like the lions have played the competition the jags have played and the lions have been in some of those games they're always in those games in the first half like the Jags, the last four games played Tennessee, Miami, Cincy, and Houston. I mean, yeah, not, you know, Tennessee not. and Miami are pretty tough, but Cincy and Houston, eh, you know, they're questionable this year. Uh, every one of those teams hung at least 30 points on them. So I don't see why Matt Stafford, who once again in Detroit, it's not necessarily an offense problem. It's more of a defense problem and a coaching problem. Um, so, you know what? I, I think that Detroit coming off a bye right yeah i don't like it I, i'm an nfc north fan and so i i hate you know giving props to the those from the nfc north but i think detroit can cover the three points in jacksonville what about you well talking about the nfc north how often do those teams play in 89 degree heat yeah, not uh, a lot. that's that's what, you, that's what you're gonna see in jacksonville at the time and the lions allowing the most rushing yards per game at over 170 now, it's a non-conference road game, which means on their whole schedule, this is like the least important thing that they have to win all season long uh, for playoff implications. Detroit, if you like them, take them on the first half. But I'm going to take the points with Jacksonville at home. And before we go any further, Maddie, Jacksonville has that lovely upper deck hot tub. And you have recently installed a hot tub in your backyard, correct? Actually, it's coming in a week. Oh, it's not there It'll yet. It'll be here gonna, in a week. I was gonna. I was hoping you could share some some comparisons between the two of them. Well, out my hot tub will not be nicknamed the soak and poke COVID jizz float. So, <laughs> right there's there's the big difference. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, we'll have to check back in with you uh, later in November about it. I'm not taking a soak in that human bacteria frap you got going there. This is Johnny Unitas of the Baltimore Colts. Let's go, you Colts. Let's head to the Midwest, where the Indianapolis Colts are seven and a half point favorites at the visiting against the visiting Cincinnati Bengals. It's 46 and a half, you're over under. 
The Bengals struggled mightily against the Ravens defense last week, and now they got to play the Colts, who have a soul-crushing defense. Yeah, well, Cincinnati didn't even score their own, the only field goal, only points of the game to, I think, the last two minutes. So, I mean, they avoided the shutout, but yeah, they looked horrible. Against the Browns in week two, the Bengals got crushed by the running game. Indy's downright nasty with their rushing attack. The Bengals have allowed 100-plus scrimmage yards to four different running backs this season as well. So you you know that Indianapolis is going to go off, especially with that offensive line they have. I, I like. I think the Colts are in a nice bounce-back spot after a really tough loss uh, to Cleveland last week. So I'm I'm inclined to cover to think they'll cover seven and a half at home against a, a struggling struggling uh, Cincinnati team. Well, let's look who's under center for Indianapolis this week, and that would be the quickly aging Philip Rivers, who hasn't had a multi touchdown game this season. But what he lacks in touchdown production, he makes up in interceptions, of which he has five this season. And I don't I just he's he's not trending well i don't think he's a good quarterback um he's certainly not even in the top half of the league in terms of quarterback play now the Bengals are probably not going to have aj green who's up with a hamstring injury but that actually doesn't mean much he's only had 14 receptions for 119 yards collectively this season tyler boyd however by comparison has approximately triple those numbers and he seems to be a new favorite for joe burrow and that as you say that was an embarrassing loss to the ravens last week um, I'm looking for them to have a spirited and motivated performance. And you were referring to the Colts defense. Well, Pro Bowl linebacker Darius Leonard might be out again for the Colts with a groin injury. Oh, really? Uh, I thought he was going to be playing. Well, they've got a bye week on deck next week. And I think that had to do Ooh. with the scheduling shuffle. So, you know, if if you're playing the, if you're playing the Bengals, you, you can give, give this guy an extra week plus an extra week. I probably wouldn't start him if I was the coach. And they they have a pretty pretty good coach in terms of coaching decisions. I like the Bengals to cover the seven and a half. You like the Bengals to cover the seven. You you make a really compelling case. Get a room, you two. We're in a room. Well, then lose some weight. Thank you. I think it's because of the hook on there, the seven and a half. You know, if you can bet Indy to cover the the touchdown and the point after at, at seven. You know, even if it hits seven, well, they have still- to. They essentially have to win by two scores. Yeah, and you can ask Philip Rivers to do that. Oof, I don't know. You know, you you've definitely swayed me a bit here. I think that, uh, yeah, Indy is is banged up a bit too. You know what? I, because it's over a touchdown, I I'm going to agree with you here. I I'm, let's look for the Bengals to come in, not necessarily win the game, but they should make it interesting. And the Bengals have a way of doing that. They're always sneaky backdoor people. And also, speaking of Cincinnati, we would be remiss not to mention the passing of Hall of Fame second baseman Joe Morgan of the Big Red Machine. So sad loss for the city of Cincinnati. I know he played for multiple teams, but that really is where he's going to be remembered by. Oh, quite possibly the greatest second baseman to ever play the game. And also invented the chicken wing while rounding the bases after a home run, which is a pretty cool little stylistic influence on the that. game. Yeah, so that. Joe Morgan, a, a lot of younger people will remember him, I guess, as a broadcaster more, as he spent so much time with ESPN. Oh, but over 20, yeah, over 20 years. You know, 
anybody that knows baseball and baseball history knows those big red machine teams and, and and Joe Morgan was such a big part of it and like I said quite possibly the greatest second baseman to ever play the game rest in peace Mr. Morgan his his baseball card lists him at five foot seven but he was an absolute giant around baseball his third World Series home run, Joe Morgan. The Carolina Panthers bringing the pain. The Carolina fans got them going insane. All right, on to Carolina where the Panthers are one-and-a-half-point favorites against my visiting Bears. Stop Bears. Stop Bears. 44-and-a-half is your over-under. And, uh, well, the Bears' defense is pretty nasty this year. I'm digging it. But this is a cool stat. This is only the second time in the Super Bowl era that the Bears have come back from 10 or more down to win three of their first five games to start the season. The other time was 1985 and you know what that means they're gonna win the super bowl this year matt the super bowl shuffle baby well we might not be friends after this conversation so just bear with me if you if you don't mind so they've won four games but they've not won any one of those four games by more than four points. In fact, collectively, they've won by 13 points. And so they've beaten the Lions, the Giants, and the Falcons by four, and the Bucks by one. And if Tom Brady could count to four properly, they might have lost that game outright. Some people out there in our nation don't have maps. Now, that was a tough game in prime time against Tom Brady. Guess what? Next week, they travel to L.A. and play the 4-1 and Rams at the shiny new SoFi Stadium under the spotlight of Monday night. I think you know where I'm going with this, Matty. It's an almost wise guy's sandwich game. What are you? An idiot sandwich. So I got a little bit more about to say about the Panthers and the Bears, but what are your thoughts initially about this one? Well, like I started off the, uh, the segment, the Bears' defense is just downright nasty. They've allowed four pass touchdowns the entire season. That's the fewest in the NFL. They also boast the number one red zone defense, the second best third down defense, and the second best fourth quarter defense. And this last one is very good because I've been following it for the last couple of years. And it's kind of a very interesting, you know, in baseball, you got the new saber metrics like war and stuff. Well, in football, you've got defensive DVOA. Okay, and the Bears' last two opponents, Indy and Tampa Bay, are first and second, respectively, in defensive DVOA rankings. The Panthers rank 25th. Now, DVOA measures a team's efficiency by comparing success on every play to a league average based on situation and opponents. So, for example, um, uh, DVOA measures not just yardage, but yardage towards like a first down. Uh, five yards on third and four are worth more than five yards on first and 10 and much more than five yards on third and 12 red zone plays are worth more than other plays. Performance is also adjusted for the quality of opponents. So DVOA is a percentage. So a team with a DVOA of 10% is 10% better than the average team. And a quarterback, for example, with a DVOA of like minus 20 is 20% worse than the average quarterback. 
So, and you know what? The Bears have extra rest this week uh, to add on to all of that. I, what, what do you, what do you not like about the Bears? They don't even have to win by one point. They can lose by one point. So the Panthers, the Panthers have covered and won their last three games straight, all as underdogs. And if you want to talk about their offense in overall yards per game, the only teams that have more than them in the league are the Bills, the Rams, the Chiefs, the Packers, and the Cowboys. Now, let's go to the Bears' offense. They're 27th in the league in passing yards. They're 27th in the league in rushing yards per game. And guess where they fall in scoring points per game, Maddie? Where? 27th. Yeah, and guess what their record is? 4-1 and because their defense keeps them off, keeps the other team off the scoring board. Dude, that's so the what? most fraudulent 4-1 and in the league right now. Hey, I'm not apologizing. I'm not apologizing for it. I'll tell you this much, buddy. You are going to be sorry because there's going to be a huge Mac attack, Akeem Hicks. They're going to be in the backfield. This is not going to be a good game for Carolina. I guarantee this. I know we're going to win. I have that attitude. I feel that way, and it's not overconfidence thing. It's football sense. And it's also my second money line, Maddie pick of the week. Really going on a limb there, one and a half, eh? Well, you seem to think it should be more. <laughs> so fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you. I'm out. Down to South Beach, where the Miami Dolphins, they're just slinging it around the sandbox. And as a result, eight and a half point favorites against the New York Jets. 47's your over under, and this is our first of the late afternoon games. There's only two late afternoon games this week. Yeah, I noticed that. That's right. I don't understand that scheduling. It just doesn't make sense. They say it's for TV reasons, but they got nine games at the early spot, and it's like spread them out a little bit. Come on. Yeah. Um, the Jets, though, they're one of those teams that even other shitty teams like Washington can point at and say, hey, at least we're not the Jets, right? And this year, they've got the 27th ranked defense and the 29th ranked offense. They also rank in the bottom two in points per game at 15, total yards per game at 279, and point differential minus 86. That's a lot. That's a lot, right? Over five games. <laughs> Well, picture this, Miami, I mean, they play about as good as a game you can do on the road, and they absolutely spanked by 49ers last week. Um, so they, they have a bye coming up next week, but because of the rescheduling shuffle, you know, they're probably on the plane ride back to Miami, and when they found out that they get to play the Jets which, this week, which means they have two byes in a row. Yep. So do you think... Do you think they might just take their foot off the gas a little bit? Now they're at home. They've got the big win against 49ers under their belt. Everyone's seen how good they can play. And, you know, the Jets medical staff released a report uh, that a cancerous tumor had been removed from their locker room this week in Le'Veon Bell. It's not a tumor. I don't know, Andy. The way Fitzmagic's chucking the ball around the yard this season, especially against sub 500 teams, they played two. Uh, that they they hung uh, 31 points on the Jags and just hung 43 on your Niners last week. Honorable mention as well to the 28 points they scored against Buffalo. The Jets 
average 15 points per game. And who's at quarterback this week? Uh, it's Flacco, isn't it? Yeah. Joe Flacco. Flacco. Fluco. So they're elite, I guess, at that position, but everywhere else, <laughs> it's not. So, dude, I'm saying I know this is a divisional game, but how? I just tell me how the Jets are going to make this one close. Right. Okay, you're right. It, last I checked, it was indeed a divisional game. Um, now, the Miami Dolphins fired Adam Gase midseason less than two years ago. So you got a bit of a revenge factor there. The wind is expected to be more than 15 miles an hour, which makes for an interesting kicking game that generally levels the playing field and favors the underdog. And when you're 0-5 in New York City, that's the last place you want to be. So perhaps a trip to South Florida is exactly what the doctor ordered, and I'm taking the J-E-T-S with the points. I can't believe you're taking the Jets. <laughs> I need like that. No, I don't. I'm worried about your sanity now. You're not copus mentis. All right, so we'll stay in Florida. But that's America's way. Where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are play host to the Green Bay Packers. And Andy, I don't even know how this game's at a pick em. This is the biggest Brady luxury tax I've seen in a long time. I mean, the Packers are number one in a lot of NFL power rankings. And the way they're scoring, why not? They put up 43 on the Vikings, 42 on the Lions, 37 on the Saints, and 30 on the Falcons. I mean, that's not a murderer's row of competition, but they're doing what you're supposed to do when you play a bad team, which is beat their fucking brains out. They don't even have a turnover this year. You know what? The Bucks are second in the league, allowing 298 yards per game on defense. And in fact, they've got the best rushing yards allowed in the entire league and no team has rushed for more than 87 yards against them once this season <clears throat> and i'm thinking that it's um aaron Rodgers getting the luxury tax excuse me a baking powder you know the green bay's off a bye, but and but the bucks have ex had extra rest playing last thursday so i don't think that's going to factor in too much but the bucks is by far the best defense that the packers have faced this season um, well, the, the Packers defense, though, is tightened up as well. We were just talking about how the Falcons uh, offense hasn't been the problem. They've been able to score points and Green Bay holds them to 16 points on Monday night football. Yeah, I just the Bucks played last Thursday night. I get it. They have extra rest. So it kind of nullifies the whole bye week effect. But right. this Tom Brady is not the same Tom Brady that was carving up the AFC East for all those years, right? Every now and then you're going to see flashes of the old Brady, but now he actually looks mortal, right? He's been making a lot of mistakes that prime Brady would have never made. Like counting to four? Some people out there. <laughs> yeah, like counting to four. And that Packers <laughs> offense is going to have their way with that young Bucks secondary. And I think on Monday morning, as much as it pains me as a Bears fan to say it, I think that the Packers will still be undefeated. Yeah, I, I think I think you're paying a premium with Green Bay, and they're they're being priced too high right now. I think they're actually overvalued, and I'm going to take the home team and Tom Brady. But I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs>
Our Sunday night football game takes place at Levi's Stadium, where the San Francisco 49ers are three-point underdogs at home against visiting L.A. Rams. Uh, the over-under is 51. And, dude, your team has played like shit at home this season. Like, let's recap the first five weeks, right? Week one, lost at home to a mediocre Cardinals team. Week two and three, they get back-to-back road wins, but they come against the Giants and the Jets. Week four, a terrible, terrible home loss to the Eagles. You know how I feel about them. I hate the fucking Eagles, man. Week five, give up 43 points to the Dolphins. Now they got to face the Rams. And the Rams travel well and play great defense. They held a good Dallas offense to 17 points. And this is all well, like your Niners... And by the way, I don't think a lot of this is their fault. They're still nursing a lot of injuries. Well, thank you for reminding me uh, how each of the last few games have gone. I almost forgot, Matt. That's great. Well, after that Bears discussion, I decided to just stick it up your fucking corn, Pally. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's fine. Hey, it was an embarrassing loss. Even Joe Staley was tweeting out at halftime, what the hell is going on here? Uh, Garoppolo, who got the hook, um, he, had a, he had a 15.7 passer rating. Manny, shouldn't your passive rating be a little bit more than six points, more than your jersey number? But you yeah, still have your, your passer digit, your passer rating when you're Jimmy G should be triple digits. Yeah, and but you, Mostert still ripped off ninety on the ground, and that was coming off an injury. Um, yeah, talk about their injury report. Um, you've got a Baker's dozen, Bob. A uh, number of guys on the IR. However. San Fran, now this is a team that was in the Super Bowl in February, is now three games back on the Seattle Shithawks. And I hate using this phrase in mid-October, but this is an absolute must-win for them to keep pace within their division, especially since the Rams are in their division and they have a better record than the 49ers. You're going to see Kyle Shanahan plot every single stop in that lovely, thick, beautiful playbook of his. And they're going to have a very strong and spirited performance. And I'm convinced that you're not going to see any team on Sunday play better uh, and with more heart than the San Francisco 49ers will. So I like them to cover the three points at home against the Rams. Well, in your Niners' favor, Jimmy G loves primetime. 6-1 and one record, that's an 857 win percentage over his career in primetime games. Is he healthy enough, though? He did not look good last week, and I don't put that all on him. No, he, he did been not look week. ready. He no. looked like he was favoring his ankle, and ankle injuries are sometimes really tough to, you know, if you put them back too early, you risk losing them for the season. Sure. And especially, you know, Jimmy G coming back from injury, he doesn't need to go back on IR this year. No, and right. you could just tell by the way his inaccuracy was his inaccuracy had nothing to do with his arm. It was his planting foot. And yeah, they they brought him back way too early. The problem is though the passing attack and this isn't just last game. It was weak this year. Um the 49ers are one of two teams that have not had a wide receiver pass 75 receiving yards in a game this season. Uh, and here's an interesting stat for you. Only Tom Brady with 39, has more quarterback wins than Jared Goff since 2017. Is that nuts? That is I would nuts, not, actually. Yeah, right? So yeah. I just, I if your Niners were fully healthy, Joey Bosa's in the game. Nick Bosa. Pardon me. 
I say Joey Bosa? Pardon me. Yeah. Nick Bosa. I, I mix up the Bosa boys all the time. There's going to be a third one in the league, too, by the way. Yeah, I know. They just, just like the Watt brothers. Why don't you just yeah. all confuse this pothead that's trying to host the show? <laughs> Fuck. It's like the Sutter brothers in the NHL back in the day. There was like eight of them. Well, um, six. And then plus the Hunters, too, right? Can't yeah, it just you can't keep them straight. But anyway, with Bosa not being there, I, I'm going to give the, the nudge to the LA Rams. I think their defense, and I, I don't think it's going to be a blow up by any, by any means, but I think they can cover the three points. Peanut! Cracker Jack! Ice cold Well, this week, due to uh, COVID reasons, we've got two Monday nighters again. But the first one is interesting, a five Eastern start. So that's in Buffalo at Orchard Park, where the Buffalo Bills three and a half point underdogs against visiting Kansas City Chiefs. Um, these last two games are actually, they were these, these were the two toughest games that I felt to pick against the spread this week that were on the board. The Chiefs defense, allowing the Raiders to hang 40 on them last week just puzzled me because the rest of the games this season have been their defense has held them in it. Then you've got the other side of the ball or the other side of the sideline, mind you, where the bills defense has taken a big jump back from last year's iteration. Yeah. Right. They've allowed 28.4 points per game this year. They they were allowing 16.2 last year. That's a big difference. And this season, they've allowed 28 points against the Dolphins, 32 against the Rams, and, of course, the 42 against the Titans last Tuesday night. Plus, they're playing on a short week. I Tell me how – tell like, hey, in Kansas City, they, they haven't been firing on all cylinders, but they put up 30-some-odd points, and you still look at them like, yeah, you didn't play that well. But they still scored 30, like, two points. Yeah, I mean – Last week, obviously, both teams notched their very first loss in the L column. But it wasn't just that they lost, but how soundly they were both beaten. I mean, that Raiders game wasn't really close at all, and and nor was the game on Tuesday night against the Titans for the Bills. Um, the, the Titans were in the driver's seat uh, from wire to wire. And can you believe this, Maddie? That that loss to the Raiders was the first game that Mahomes, as an NFL quarterback, has lost by more than one score. Yep. You know, that's that's astonishing, but I guess not really if you look at the level of his play. He's like but, Russell Wilson. If you're within a score, you've always got a chance. So they've been scoring uh, 29.8 points a game. No surprise for the Chiefs. Bills, 27.8 points per game. No surprise if you've been actually watching them this season. But that number actually goes to over 30 if you include their home games. Now, Sammy Watkins will likely be out for a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury. Fortunately, the Chiefs had a lot of other weapons on the sides. This was a tough game for me, too. But I really want to take the hook at home with the underdog, Buffalo Bills, go Bills Mafia. See, this is what I'm thinking. The Chiefs have to come in after a tough loss. Uh Uh, The Bills are moving the ball well. They are. I'm worried about their defense. Quite frankly, it's just it's Patrick Mahomes has a lot of weapons at his disposal. Um, even his rookie running back, Edwards Hilaire, is just tearing it up. Yeah, It's very hard for me to pick against them, but that three and a hook, right? Three and a half points. Buffalo, 
usually keeps it pretty close. Well, their their defense hasn't been playing as well as we're used to seeing them play, but there's really not been a whole lot of personnel changes. And every team will get up to play the Super Bowl champion, too. For sure. Absolutely. Buffalo being at home, because there's the hook on there, you know what? I'm with you, Andy. Let's go Bills. Go Bills. In the second half of the Monday Night Doubleheader, we head to Dallas. I will no longer call them Big D until some defense actually shows up and arrives. Uh, Otherwise, they are just Dallas. And they are two-point underdogs at home against visiting Arizona Cardinals. 55s, you're over or under. Uh, Andy Dalton, not the best on Monday Night Football. He is 2-5 and in his career. He's lost four straight. However, he did play for the Bengals. But the Cardinals, they've scored more than 21 points under Cliff uh, Kingsbury in 15 to 21 games. Uh, so they can score, but they've, they ha- haven't been quite as electric this year as you know we thought they would be after what they did last season. Yeah, I mean, we can't really start talking about this game without acknowledging the absence of Dak Prescott. Um, yeah, that's, that's just terrible. That was, that was not a poor guy. Watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just hate to see that sort of thing happen. Yeah, anyway. and, 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 you know, we've, we've, you know, talked a lot of shit about the Cowboys because it's always fun to hate on America's bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've talked a little bit of shit about Prescott, but never about him as a person. And I would never wish that upon anybody. That's a, a terrible injury that, that could really affect the outcome of his entire career and cost him, you know, ten, tens of millions of dollars. Well, he did have $100 million guaranteed put in front of him, and he said no. So I'm yeah. not going to feel too sorry for him. True. Uh, but they have the luxury of probably the best backup in the league with Andy Dalton. And last they checked, uh, they still have Zeke, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and they have Michael Gallup, who had two of the best sideline passes from Andy Dalton in the last drive that I ever, I've ever seen consecutively. I mean, those were crazy, and that, and that really was what won them the game. Um, Dalton does the- have the weapons at his disposal, a lot of weapons still. The, uh, yeah, your zone, I mean, they look good against the Jets, spanking them 30 to 10. <clears throat> DeAndre Hopkins going off for a buck 31 and a touchdown to boot. But here's the thing they're, uh, they're our Pro Bowl linebacker, three time Pro Bowl linebacker Chandler Jones is now out for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's a big gap right there. That's a huge gap. Yep. And if you think about the fact that Dallas, now this used to be a divisional game, if you remember before the uh, realignment, but Dallas has beaten Arizona 16 of the last 18 times they've played in Dallas. And when you say that this was one of the tougher ones for you to pick, this was actually the first game that I really liked. And I, I'm going with the Cowboys. Uh, I think the team shows up to support Andy Dalton, and I, I think they beat Arizona. The only reason this was hard for me to pick, and by the way, I, I too am with you that I think Dallas wins this game and uh, win it outright. <sighs> yeah, it's just really hard with Dallas's defense. I, will Kyler Murray be able to do enough to, to just keep drives alive? Because they just, Dallas cannot cover a sleeping baby. But you know what? I'm going to, I agree with you about Andy Dalton. He's a veteran quarterback who's still got Gallup, Zeke. CeeDee Lamb, Cooper, uh, you name it. He's just, they've got a, they've got the offense. 
And as long as they can hold zona on a few, like just hold a few of those third downs. So I'm inclined to agree with you. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys plus two. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Please hang up and try again. This is a little segment we like to call our total tease. And it's where we give you a an over-under total that we like this week, and we also give you a teaser to play. So, Andy, uh, you're first. What do you like for your teaser? What do you like for your total? Well, let's go to the total first. And I'm not normally one for taking the over on big totals, but these Falcons and Vikings have absolutely horrible defenses. 28th and 31st in the league. And I like this game to go over 54 and a half. For my teaser, and we were just speaking about them, this is a weird teaser because both teams are in the NFC East. I'm actually taking Dallas um, as the underdog up to eight points going through those key numbers. And this is really ugly and really dirty, and I I think I need a shower afterwards. But I'm actually going to take the professional football team from Washington up to eight and a half points as dogs. And points will be at a premium in that game with a total posted of 43. So again, I'm going to go over the Falcons and the Vikings, and I'm going to tease the Cowboys and the professional football team from Washington. All right, for my total, I, uh, I'm going to go to Chicago at Carolina, and I think it's going to go over 44 and a half points. There will be more scoring, and this isn't going to be a huge shootout at the OK Corral. But a lot of these kind of smaller totals this season have been going over with the amount of defensive pass interference penalties you get. Uh, There's just so many more favors for the offense, and they're not calling near as much offensive holding as well. So the scores are up, and I think there will be more scoring in that game than you think. So Chicago-Carolina to go over 44.5. Now for my teaser, I'm going to go to uh, Cleveland at Pittsburgh, take the Browns from plus 3 up to plus 9. And then I like uh, Green Bay at Tampa. I'm going to take the Packers from a pick 'em up to plus six. Doctor said I wouldn't have so many nosebleeds if I kept my finger out of there. Thank you for listening to week six of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week six games across the NFL. From the Cosa Nostra studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Sometime I'm gonna break out in a cold sweat. One, two, three, four. Yeah!
Yeah.